0: Music is the gift I give to you. (laughs) No Phantom of the Opera fans. Fine. I hate all of you. welcome everybody to random encounter the rpg fan podcast we are coming to you on the eve of dragon quest 9 in america hopefully some people care i know i do you know i, I don't hate all jrpgs i really don't I do ah yeah, that remains to be
1: seen i do not care
0: uh i'm your host robert steinman pale robbie on the boards joining me today we have uh my name is
2: eric i'm a news contributor for the site
0: name on the boards
2: name is embryon
3: embryon Very, very ethereal. Next up, we have. And this um, turn-based dude in the boards, and I'm the semi-senior editor. And yes, I heard that from John in the podcast. Uh,
0: That's why we got rid of John for this episode. No more senior editors. Next up, we have.
1: Um, My name is Steven. I'm a preview contributor to the site.
0: And And I'm
4: Talus on the boards.
0: Ah, There we go. There we go. And last, but certainly not least.
4: I'm Zach. I'm uh, one of the news contributing editors, and I'm super flat on the boards.
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today during the rundown, lots of games that we've been playing, and a brief discussion on difficulty in games. And finally, we're going to be talking some news, and of course the big news of the week is Dragon Age 2. Woo! So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to back up and I'm going to let the new guy on the show, Derek, tell us what he's been playing. Derek, do it.
2: All right. So I haven't been RPGing it up that much lately, but um, I did just finish Trauma Team for the Wii, which was excellent and had all that delicious anime RPG melodrama going on. Um, But besides that, I haven't been playing too many RPGs. been waiting for Dragon Quest IX, like a lot of you guys. Um, I have been playing a little bit of Lunar for the PSP. I got it when it came out, but I didn't actually play it all that much. Um, and I have been noticing that, as you guys talked about it the other week, the charm level is just not there. Uh, the graphics are improved, pretty animations, new voice acting, but, like, something about it just doesn't capture the magic of the old Lunar. So kind of yeah, bummed about like,
3: that. Right to an extent, like, I think the charm is still there. It's probably not as strong, probably it's probably nostalgia. Maybe just nostalgia talk, because I think XC did an overall good job on it. Localization yeah, they definitely strong. did.
2: I guess it's just the rose-tinted glasses there. But Because uh, I also just picked up uh, Lunar 2. I won a copy of it on eBay, and I was playing through that a little bit since I've actually beat Lunar 1. And I guess I just, I like the old style better, but they definitely did a good job.
0: Well, now real quick, real quick, they you say that they updated uh, the voice acting. Did they update like the anime cutscenes and the overall like overworld graphics? Did everything get an overhaul?
2: Well, the the cutscenes are the same. Obviously, they put the new voice acting in there, but the uh, the overall map is um, you know prettied up. All the towns are prettied up and different. Um, everything's kind of been condensed, is what it seems like. I mean, maybe it's just because yeah. I haven't played the original in so long,
3: but all no, the towns it is seem tiny. Yeah, They shortened the, the dungeons by a lot. So, on the bright side, the annoying dungeons are a lot easier to get over with. The bad side, the more interesting dungeons are, are quickly getting over it.
2: Yeah, and it's got those kind of massive load times, so it's like the less screens I have to go through, with the better. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, you, and you're playing this on PSP, or...? Yeah, it's on the PSP. Okay, okay. it looks like the PSP's getting a nice little uh, RPG renaissance right now. Yeah, with it up. is. Yeah,
2: Definitely. Agree. And... Uh, yeah. But otherwise, I like the game pretty well. Um, they did add the the limit break kind of things, which are sort of overpowered, but I guess later on they might not be so bad. But, like, uh, one of the characters in the beginning has a limit break that heals full HP and MP for the whole party, so it's just kind of like, all right, win button.
1: Wow. Well,
0: you also have Omni Slash in there, too, right? Like. All right, all right. No, he's got, like, uh, the main guy, Alex, has a... I forget what
2: it's called. I think it's called Tempest Blade or something like that. But it's just like an all-enemy attack that pretty much wipes any regular battle out, and it only takes a little bit to build up. So they, they definitely made it easier, but the original release was ultra-super hard. Uh, so I guess they're trying to compensate, but maybe they went too far. Oh,
1: good. Good, good, good. One extreme to another.
2: Yeah. yeah. I feel, like been,
1: I feel like they've been trying to redo that game for years and change it every time. Yeah. it seems it, it's like why not just make a new Lunar
0: you know like it. it why right. not do something new
4: it, it costs, costs money costs agreed. money
3: agreed. they don't
4: have money and, <laughs> the thing remember. is they
3: I... keep remaking Lunar 1 but what about Lunar 2
1: that game is also good well, yeah they need to do that give it the Superstar
3: yeah. Harmony treatment
1: Lunar 2 has one of the best final battle songs ever
3: yes agreed
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, you know, I, I think we always want to see old series, you know, come forward and we want to see new games. So maybe, you know, just give us a new lunar game and stop doing these updates. Uh, I guess it gets a little trying. I'm, I'm already tired of all the rebooting in video games right now.
3: Or if you yeah, have to be update, nice. just update two, then move on to something new. And hopefully yeah. not Dragon Song.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, let's
0: not even talk about <laughs> that. Moving on. Uh, Derek, do you have anything else to add?
2: Um,. Uh, something that we're going to segue into later on is uh, it's amusing that all of us recently picked up copies of Parasite Eve. So I plan <laughs> on playing that pretty soon. But uh, well, no, other than that, I'm just chilling, waiting for Dragon Quest Nine.
0: Well, why don't we go straight into the Parasite Eve uh, discussion since you brought it up and you screwed up all of our pre-show planning. So oh, that's now so we can... <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: it's my job gotta... doing everything as the new guy.
0: No, I just got... Sorry about that, some slight technical difficulties, gotta love Skype. So getting back to Parasite Eve, uh, we all kind of picked up Parasite Eve in the past few months and some of us are playing it for the first time. So Zach, why don't you lead us into a little discussion on Parasite Eve?
4: Yeah, um, well I actually just, my, my, it turns out that one of my, my close friends is a huge video game. Much larger nerd than I am, and shocking. Just yeah, you know, uh, had had two copies, or you know, a copy of Parasite Eve and a copy of Parasite Eve two lying around his house that I uh, relieved him of, and so I've been playing through Parasite Eve one just today and yesterday. I just got up. It's I think the uh, it's a game in six days, uh, you know, six chapters, and I've just got to the start of chapter five. Um, which I think is where, it, you know, stuff starts getting a little bit, you know, the, the plot progression becomes a lot bigger. It starts
0: getting real.
4: <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think it's it's interesting, um, especially considering uh, what we talked about, maybe it was like last week or two weeks ago, but the, the thought of a horror RPG. Um, yeah. I don't know if yeah. anyone remembers that. It's, I, it's an interesting take. I think that the, from what I understand, I haven't played Parasite Eve 2 yet. The Parasite Eve two is a little bit more survival horror, while Parasite Eve one is a bit more uh, action adventure. And yeah, um,
3: mm-hmm. but I didn't it, like to honestly. Yeah,
4: yeah, I never played it. Not not looking forward to the tank controls, but I mean, so far one is one has been treating me fairly well. It it's very linear, um, which is yeah. one that you know I I've I'm not quite decided where I stand on that. Uh, because it's certainly, you know, it's the story's been interesting and, you know, for, for those of you listening who haven't played the game or don't know what it's about, basically uh, in 1997 there's this uh, mitochondria, there's a lot of biological stuff, but basically there's this evil force threatening to take over New York City. Um, so, you know, modern but basic fantasy plot points. Anyways, it's the, the action, it, the combat is very different. It's uh, that's what I like the most about it is how um, basically you have you know your active time bar and it almost reminds me of Resonance of Fate uh, a little. Hmm. Just it uh, actually.
1: So I played the game a couple of years ago, uh, not when it was new, but um, like midway through the PS2 life cycle, and uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it reminded me a lot of Vagrant Story, like kind of like if somebody took Vagrant Story and combined it with. I guess Resident Evil. It's it's hard for me to explain. It's been so long since I played. That's it, actually but.
0: exactly how I would describe it. Yeah, yeah. that that's yeah. the game. <laughs>
1: but I thought I thought it was kind of like a it almost tried to be like a Hollywood style movie, but with like a very Japanese touch. And I think the uh, dichotomy between the villain uh, Eve and Aya Bray was one of the best parts of the game because that yeah. really was what pushed the narrative. And I think. For when it came out there wasn't really anything else like it and i to be honest there really isn't a whole lot like it now
0: yeah yeah because it I, was I
1: a fusion sh- of you know 10 different kinds of games
0: yeah it, i i think parasite Eve for me it, it's been kind of hard I've been, I've been trying to play it um girlfriend picked it up for me at christmas time and you know it was a big deal to get it and i'm i'm about where zach said he was i'm at chapter five and i haven't played it in like three or four months I think what I really struggle with is I'm so into the narrative. I'm really into what's going on. I kind of like the metaphysical storyline and lots of mysteries here and there. But the game is so antiquated by today's standards that it's really hard to play it. Like I hate the fact that, you know, I miss a key card because I wasn't in the exact right pixel position to pick it up on a desk.
4: I really or... hate the the pre-rendered backgrounds. I just I forgot oh, how man. much that really kills a game for me.
0: Well, it kills the game if the objects don't stand out. So, yeah, like none, none of the objects sparkle or anything. So you don't realize that you're missing stuff. Also, the game does a really bad job of cameras per, uh, perspective changes. So especially in the uh, the New York Zoo, I was getting constantly confused where I was. And it was like I think that even though we, we've talked before, I really don't want to see any more reboots. I think that game is in desperate need of a reboot, like in desperate need of a remake, because it's such a great idea. That first game is so cool and so unique. It just
1: needs to kind of be brought forward a little bit with today's technology. And I mean, if the first day goes well, then probably we could see this remake. Yeah, that would be great. They could even do it like over PSN or something if they wanted to. Yeah, I want to see a PSN release now. Zach, you were trying to say
4: something? Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say third. You know, with third birthday coming up, I'm I'm interested to see where they're going because you know just having started playing uh, played the game yesterday, I went and looked up some of the cov- the E3 coverage on on third birthday, and it seems you know like they dropped for one big thing is they dropped Parasite Eve from the title. Um, yeah, they
0: don't own the, the license and, to it. Anymore. Oh, is
4: is that what it was? Because I apparently yeah. They,
0: they don't have the license because Parasite Eve was a novel and a film in right, Japan, Right, and they don't have. This is like my total nerd out moment on Japanese horror, but uh, like they don't own the right to it anymore. But they still have the right to the character Brea. Right. So
4: they're
0: so they call it the third birthday, but we all know it's Parasite Eve three.
4: Yeah. Oh, okay. Because what I read was that there are apparently some uh, differences in in the the tone of the game and the way that they're taking it, and obviously it's much more of an of an action you know like the first game does have a lot of you know action elements the real time battle system among other things um yeah yeah. but it's it seems to be a much more third person shootery sort of action vibe that i'm I'm picking up but i'm i'm really interested to see what they do with third birthday especially once i you know get through um one and two but that's that's what i've been playing uh as well as i mean i don't know if we want to talk about anything else with uh, Parasite Eve. I, I'm really enjoying it. But Actually, I was...
1: I'm sorry, if we don't mind. I was actually going to say I'm also interested in the third birthday um, plot-wise mm. because, um, again, it's been so long since I played, but I played the first one and then the second one right after because I bought them both one summer. And the second one seemed like it kind of retconned some of the story from the first one. I could be wrong. I—I didn't. It's been so long, but I'm wondering where they're going with the story because... It got very confusing in the second one for me at least
4: mm-hmm. I mean I suppose mm-hmm. we'll 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 see what happens once i while I play through the the second one, and see where I stand on that, but um I mean overall it's it's been pretty pretty solid so far, very definitely antiquated and it's kind of a bummer uh because you know, like going back and playing some other games you know like Final Fantasy like seven came out the year before it, I think nine came out a couple of years after. Those are a lot easier to get back into, but
0: yeah, yeah, it hasn't aged very well. I would say that. So, and uh, Zach, you also had another game to talk about, but I'm yep. afraid it's going to get me into trouble again.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll keep this one short. I, I would like to, you know, just basically recant what I said last week. Um, it still is linear. Linear is all hell. But and what are you talking about? Final, oh, sorry, Final Fantasy 13. Um, Uh-oh. yep, that's that's the the game. Uh, it still is a very linear experience and I've, you know, got, it's gotten to the point where I realized that if there's a, you know, like a, a little vestige off of, you know, like the main you know, like line that I'm supposed to run down that has some enemies, there's probably going to be a chest there too. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, that's still kind of a bummer, but you know, going between that and Parasite Eve, you know, I'm getting used to it, but I have started to really enjoy the the complexities of the battle system uh i i kind of like how you're almost meta gaming it you're really determining how you fight not by the actions that you choose but what paradigms that you use and and how you organize those and i've spent a lot of time actually figuring out you know what? What strategies fit which situations? You know what classes would be best to have? You know in those six paragraphs.
3: Where did you get? Uh,
4: right now, I'm, I think in somewhere in chapter four or five in in the. the Mountain somewhere. I think that's it, about where I
3: tapped out. It gets increasingly involving, uh, you know. Like yeah, sure, the battles remain simplistic and straightforward, but it gets harder, and you're going to be preparing more, especially in the later chapters. Where yeah, you need to know what you're doing, otherwise you're going to get floored quickly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, yeah, the I'm, Odin fight did that to me.
4: I don't, don't know if I got like that, but I'm I'm really looking forward to you know getting to you know like chapter eleven where everything you know spreads out and you have your whole party and that once you know like once i get there i have a feeling that i'm really going to love it and like right now i'm actually enjoying it a whole lot so you know i Enjoy it
3: for what it is not what it could be that's the only thing really That's that, that's
0: a
1: good that's way to look at it i think that is the best way to look at it
3: I think for me what it
0: was was i I think if I had been able to enjoy the battle system, I would have gotten in, and I would have enjoyed Final Fantasy 13 for what it is. But the battle system just feels so loose, and I don't feel like I'm in control, and all I'm seeing are numbers flying everywhere, that it's just like... It's like sensory overload to me, and I don't feel in direct control. It's the same argument I had with, like, I couldn't finish Persona 3 because I didn't like not being in direct control of my characters. I didn't play Dragon Age with all the tactics menus uh, determined because I want to be in control of everybody's actions. So 13, like, it, it, it feels like the difference between driving an automatic car and a manual car, and I would rather have my RPG play more like a manual car. You know, so you not and,
2: like uh, FF-12 either then?
0: See, that's the thing. FF-12, I felt like there was more preparation. There was more like I was going in and, – and again, that's part of the computer programmer in me. Like I love working in C++. So I felt like the whole battle system was just if-then statements. And so I went in and I got it to work perfectly. The problem was that then in 12, I was immediately bored because I made a god party within 10 hours. See, like, yeah, I, made, I agree. I made a party that I couldn't lose. So Final Fantasy Thirteen, I'll get you in one sec, Steve. But I, Final Fantasy Thirteen, like, it's such a slippery control that I have. Like when I when I switch my guys to the uh, to the buffing type characters, they're not buffing exactly the way I want them to. I'm like, no, I wanted you to cast Shell first, not you know Barrier first, and then I end up dying. And so it's that's, just that's really- the
4: interesting thing that you mentioned about the the buffing because. Right now, I'm at at a part where you have uh, Zaz in your party as, like, the the controllable character in battle, and Uh. when I switch to the synergist role, which, you know, is useful because, you know, he's, at least right now, he, you know, buffs attack and uh, magic attack and stuff like that, it's it's really kind of frustrating because I'm so used to being able to hit, you know, auto battle and, you know, rely on, you know, have the gameplay be manage my paradigms and you know uh, adjust for that um but when you switch to synergist and you know you have to manually manage the buffs i feel like i'm you know just like i'm uh stilted it's it's it really loses that flow and so there are you it's know the
0: exact same problem i had exact same problem
4: i think in the and the only difference i think between us is that I enjoy the the rest of it, you know, when I'm not playing a synergist as, as the main character, and like, you know, that'll go away eventually once I, you know, once at least I get out of this section and once I hit, um, you know, chapter eleven where everything opens up again. Yeah. But Steve,
0: you were tr- Steve Steve, you were trying to get in there, and then I want to get Dennis in real quick. So Steve, you were trying to say something, and I cut you
1: off. Yeah, actually, um, I was gonna agree with twelve, um, twelve for me. I enjoyed it when I played it, but in hindsight, I just I don't really care for it. Um, I feel like it had a great setup for like a story, and it had, you had know, characters that could have been absolutely awesome, and a few of them were great. And the combat, um, the gambits were cool, but I felt like by halfway through the game, everything I had to do to my party was just tedious. Like, oh god, I don't want to cast Shell, I don't want to cast Bubble, Ugh, I have to cast Bravery and Faith. And I made gambits to do all that, which was convenient, but I felt like I was telling the game to play itself because the things it wanted me to do weren't any fun. And for me, 13, I actually, um, I, I don't ever use the auto battle. I just, I enjoy picking the commands, even if, you know, it's basically the same thing. But I do, when you say switching to Synergist, it, it was really jarring for me. Um, I think the Synergist is the buffer, I can't remember, because I played it in Japanese, but um, yeah. I know, yeah. I, I remember yeah, the chapter are. you're talking about, and what frustrated me is that you can't target multiple people in one chain of commands. For example, if you're a healer, you have to throw all of your heal spells at one person or only use half your bar, which later yeah. on the game is moving so fast that you don't have time to only heal twice and then reset all your commands. You're going to get toasted. And
3: mm-hmm. that that is where you kind of try to quick cancel things, you know. Like you don't have to throw the like ult. You could just set it up, do it once, then stop, then you'll just leave it off as it is.
0: I think if Final Fantasy Thirteen had had a pause button like Dragon Age, I think it would have been, I would have loved it where I could pause and just like collect my thoughts for a second instead. Like if I tried to play the game, like Steve's saying and just pick, pick each one of my attacks, I feel like I'm so much slower and I'm not being as efficient and the game is hard. And I, we're going to talk about difficulty later. I really like the fact that it's a hard final fantasy. We haven't had that in years, but if you do anything wrong, this game just stomps you. And I feel like if I don't use my synergist correctly, Or like on the Odin fight, which seems to be the first part where anybody has any trouble with the game, is the Odin fight. I felt like Hope wouldn't heal. Instead of like doing the proper healing method, he would do something stupid. Even though I I have him set to medic, he wouldn't do something correctly and then I'd lose. Or like I maybe just missed changing my paradigm by like a half second and I ended up losing the whole fight because of it. And it just – I threw my hands up and I was like, look, I don't feel like I'm in control. If I'm not in control, I don't want to play.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's fair. That's a definitely I can see where you're coming from now that I've played. You know, put more time into it, and you know I'm banking on it. You know, put you know pushing past those faults. But you yeah,
0: know. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess we should move on because uh, yeah. otherwise we're gonna That's, sit here and talk about thirteen all day. Yeah, yeah so. let's
3: not do that again. Just yeah, let's not do that again. I promise.
0: Yeah, yep, yep. So now if you're done, Zach, I guess yep. we'll move on to Dennis because we have not heard from Dennis in a while and he has a game yep. that I'm very interested to learn more about.
3: Okay, first of all, before I get to it, I just want to say like yeah, I've been actually playing a lot, you know, since the last time we talked. Basically, I got a PSP three thousand, even though I have a PSP one thousand, you know, since last month, right? So I was kind of in the PSP mood, so I've just been messing with a lot of PSP games, both old and new. For starters, was playing the Depth Heaven games like Riviera and Yggdorh Union. I've beaten Riviera, and I actually enjoy the game, even though the gameplay is kind of meh. But I thought the characters and Story were charming. whereas with Yggdorh Union, it's the completely opposite. The gameplay is a lot better, but I don't care about the plot or characters. And then some other stuff like, uh hold on a sec, yeah, I've also been just messing with the Wii a bit. Like, I've recently picked up uh, Monster Hunter 3 for fun. And i just been delving mm. on that. And I suck at that game. So let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> How's the experience? that? Has... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, I've been wanting to play
2: that because from what I've seen, it kind of gives me like the PSO vibe for some reason.
3: Yeah, but again, does. I can't find
2: anybody to play with. I guess I could do it online, but...
3: Yeah, you no. could can, can team up. That's no problem.
2: So
3: there. It, it There's no
0: does... ar- What? How, how does it work with the... Uh the wii's online functionality that seems to be the big complaint like i know most of my friends if they're playing monster hunter try they're literally like wearing headsets and talking through their laptop rather than screwing around with the wii interface like how's that treating you
3: actually surprisingly well it's like good good no real friend codes that's a start (laughs) and the hubs are kind of small but still there it's like get into the text boxes isn't really that the uh, difficult just press select the minus button twice you could just type whatever i don't bother using the keyboards but at least with the parties i've been to we seem to do fine you know not communicating we just follow someone and we just usually do things pretty well been pretty chill okay Excellent. otherwise otherwise let's see what else all right more psp goodness right been playing doing a second playthrough of half minute hero awesome awesome game I happened to jump Excellent into game. since January. January. So it's one of those 2009 games I jumped into the following year. And let's see. i also been playing a bit of P- Borderlands PC with my friend. Again, we both suck at it. <laughs> and one of the other <laughs> big things is, okay, how many fell victim to the Steam sale in July?
4: Oh, oh God! No. They oh, have my man. credit card information. I can't do, <laughs> do anything us- about it.
3: Uh, I looked at of, my bill today. <laughs> hundreds of games over 50% off. Who couldn't resist? Oh, that
0: was painful. That was In painful. my
3: case, the biggest thing I got was the Telltale Everything Pack, which is basically 20 graphic adventure games, well, mostly episodic ones, for just 50 bucks instead of 100 Oh, so God. That is just when, like, the first season of Strong Bad, three seasons of Sam & Max, episodes one through five of Monkey Island some Wallace and Gromit, and I think something else. All oh, right, the The Bone or something like that. Bone.
4: And yeah, and you yeah. get Telltale Poker.
3: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, yeah no. I know. The,
0: there. the I, most excited
4: of that pack.
0: Dennis, I gotta stop you, because I feel like you're, you're holding back the goodness right now, and I, I hate yeah. you because you have it a day early. I, I We all want to hear about Dragon Quest, so come on.
3: Yes. Get there. At the time of this recording, because yeah, at this point this episode's going to be released, everyone's probably got the game, but at this point, uh, Dragon Quest 9 actually came out in New York the day before it originally or officially supposed to come. So I went to a Nintendo pr- launch event uh, earlier this afternoon and picked up myself Dragon Quest 9. So yeah. Huh. Which makes just... us hate you. Yeah, I, I yes. will now come up to Until New York tomorrow. Tomorrow.
0: So, so you know, tell us I'd, about
3: your experience. Well, the thing is, I just want to first get into this story of wow, how I heard about the event and what's something that's been going on, if you guys don't mind sure sure, sure. good basically i found out about the event last week when i decided to visit the nintendo world store in rockefeller then when the when the got um, employees told me to take hey we're holding this dragon quest 9 event next week and i told ask him what time he, he wasn't 100 percent sure but said around nine ish all right so i decided a hey, since i work at 10 o'clock on saturdays i decided to quickly go, go to rockefeller around nine o'clock uh, earlier today so when i went It turns out the games were actually not in the store yet. And then when I asked about it, the guy gave me this pamphlet saying, "Oh, we're starting at 1 o'clock. And then I found out something very interesting. First, like, I I thought it was going to be like the Muromasa event I attended last September, where you just pick up the game, get free swag, that's it, right? Oh, man, you didn't know about Hori being there. (laughs) Yes, I didn't. I only found out about until this morning, so it's like, anyway, and the and he was saying, "Oh, there's, the line's already starting." But the line was actually kind of small around nine o'clock. So because basically it's limited to the first 30 people signing it. And yeah, I could have, I actually could have made it, because the line was that small. But there was one problem: work. Should have taken off, man. Should have taken off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like I had to be responsible, so I had to go and all that stuff, because. Getting, I could easily get away with it It's what, On Saturdays the supervisors are not here It's mostly just me and one other person and, But the thing is That other person He's a great guy and all I like him he, He's really cool But he tends to come late most of the time Aww. So I feel like you know, And I realized I didn't get his number Because I had to change the SIM cards and everything So I didn't get his number to contact So I thought he was going to be late So I had to walk back to the work and things like that turns out he came right on time and even the minutes before me
2: uh so you passed <laughs> up a legendary autograph from yes nothing? yeah
0: curse <laughs> your
3: responsibilities
0: <laughs> curse you <laughs> yeah
3: i was all right point and missed out on a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity okay. so
0: now how's the game so far i'm gonna try to bring you back from you know crying about missing out on yuji hori so how's the game so far
3: so far so good It's I've been, I've just been a so slow start i don't Still about two to three hours and I'm just taking my sweet time no rush and things are slowly building up It's like there's a bit of story segments and stuff it's like, I won't get into any details in the story cuz you guys are gonna all play tomorrow anyhow Assumingly, so basically yep. game, Gameplay wise like it just slowly introduces things like with uh, when you level up You just don't have any abilities or anything. It's just you and and the NPC killing stuff, right? And as you level up around level five, that's when it get introduces the skill system where you could spend on skill points for different weapons or different you know, aspects and all that But I don't know, I fully understand uh, When you get the skill points for some reason like okay level five and six I get the points level seven I don't get level eight. I do It's like Okay
0: well, maybe maybe it's just like an every other level sort of thing. I mean yes, I, I
3: don't know how it works, yeah, but I haven't figured out the pattern fully yet. Let's see. Okay. Another interesting thing is there's quite a bit of customization I noticed already. It's like every piece of equipment you wear is visible.
2: Oh, I love it when games do that. It's like one yeah. of my most favorite things when you're equipping your characters. You know, it's so much fun. Loop, Except in MMOs where you end up wearing like combination of bright pink and black because it has the best stats. <laughs> in
3: this Dragon Quest, you can create your main character the way you see it fit. Can you make him look like Vegeta? I think so. I didn't, I... Pretty close,
2: Sweet. I would imagine.
3: Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I just want... silly me. I jumped into playing as <laughs> the girl because I can, so I didn't check the guys' hairstyles. <laughs> but probably it's the artist we're talking about yeah exactly
2: Exactly. so have you gotten to experience much of the story yet
3: um, well like I said it was just a build up then you know things were all going nice and still but then yeah, as just just for the sake of plot moving along bad things happen and then you're stuck and you're just trying to figure things out but have no idea where to begin and stuff so you're just kind of going with the flow and things you basically uh... yeah What? you basically play as this uh, angel or celestian right doing good deeds just to build up your uh, this observatory on uh, above right and things going well but like i said things ha- bad things happen and you're no longer an angel for some reason you need, your character whether it's a he or she just needs to figure out what the heck is going on but does good deeds along the way while trying to progress the trying to solve the mysteries but like I said, there's not that much plot going on. It's like no details just yet. Just It's still in the introductory phase.
0: Yeah, I mean, like it, example, it definitely seems... Oh,
3: go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Like, like I said, it just started like at the, the three-hour mark or maybe two. I, don't, I didn't keep tabs exactly. Basically, that's when it started introducing the quest system where you could just randomly talk to people and do quests. And I got to the second city where it just introduces this uh, inn. That the one the characters you meet is supposed to wind up inheriting, and based on how empty it is, it seems like you're going to be building up this inn. That's my assumption. How I don't really know. And of course, I know about some things that come later on, like there's the class system and stuff, six basics, six advanced. So this should be interesting. I don't know how you get them or how it's you know how it is exactly, but we'll see. Excellent, excellent.
0: Well, I mean, we're, we're all sitting here, you know, super excited for Dragon Quest, and I think I think on the next show, we'll definitely have a lot more to talk about it because yeah, we'll a, all have a chance to impressions are pretty the
3: positive so far. I guess the only weird thing is probably the technical side of it. For example, the graphics are kind of weird in a sense. For example, the important characters are 3D models, fully animated and stuff. The less less important characters are in 2D sprites. Mm. It's Thank interesting. interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of, and the quality and the sprites is not as good as the 3D models, even though everything is kind of uh, zoomed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To see. And music-wise, I liked Sugiyama's music overall. 8 was excellent. But so far with 9, nothing that strongly yet, even though I do admit I really like the battle theme. That, that is a good one. Well,
0: I think, uh, you know, in, in the interest of time, we should probably move on a little bit, yeah. you know, not trying to cut you off, Dennis, but um, I think it, really. I, I think for the listeners, we're going to have a lot more to talk about with Dragon Quest nine on the next episode and probably episodes after that when we all have a chance to play it. So I just one up them this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Rabble, 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 rabble. So uh, if Dennis is all done, I think we'll move on to Steven with what you have been playing, sir.
1: Okay, well, um, we talked about it a little bit last week. I uh, picked up Persona 3 Portable, um, and I am really enjoying it. I never beat the original. I tried over and over again, and it was never that I didn't like it. It's just that something else had come along, and I would start playing that instead. But um, I, know. I know how it is all too well. <laughs> so I think I made it to December in that game like 100 times and never finished it. Um, That's not where I tapped out. <laughs> and it's, again, it's not because I didn't enjoy it, but... Uh, The PSP one, um, we talked about it last week a little bit. I absolutely love that they've removed the running around outside of Tartarus, the dungeon, because I feel like at that point the running was really just grinding, and I think the menu-based thing suits it really well. And there's actually an option to turn on little icons. We had mentioned that sometimes it was hard to tell uh, who to talk to or where to go. If you press the R button, it actually shows you everything on the screen that you can look at. And I, I didn't know things... You know, I didn't know where things were too terribly well because um, it's been so long since I played it. But I've had very few problems. And I think aside from not having the the epilogue chapter, uh, the answer, I think it for me is the best version of the game I've played because I've played all, all the versions in the past. Um, I love being able to control the whole party. Um, I think that adds a ton to the game. And I can't remember if the original had uh, different difficulty settings, but this one does.
3: Yeah, well, the Fest does, but not until not up to Maniac.
1: I gotcha. Okay, because I, I usually play... Again, this might be good for our discussion later, but I usually play games on the hardest difficulty I can, and Maniac mode is a lot of fun, but I think it will probably be uh, interesting to talk about because it's not actually that hard. I think it's just artificial limitations they impose on you that make things a little more frustrating, but not more difficult.
3: Mm. Yeah, I usually play things on medium. Not too easy, not too hard. Just... Enjoyed but not get myself crazy or bored. Yeah,
0: that's and, normally what I do, too.
1: And let me guess. Are you playing as the girl? I am not. I am playing as the guy. Uh, I've never beat it with him, and I think he looks cool. Uh, good. So I went with him, and I uh, the battle theme for the girl is different. Um, and it's a good song, but the guy's battle theme, I had offered before the show to sing Mass Destruction, but I will not, <laughs> I will not inflict that upon anybody. But I love that song. Yeah dear god no No, maybe maybe, maybe we'll close the episode with that but dear god I I want to be allowed to come back oh boy But I've also actually been playing um, uh, an English patch just came out for it Tales of Innocence on the DS Um, I nearly beat the game in Japanese Um, again it was just another situation where something else came out Mm -hmm. and I moved on but um, it's actually I've played all three of the DS Tales games Uh, the first one Tales of the Tempest which was really bad and then Tales of Hearts, which was pretty good. Um, I didn't like it as much as Innocence. But playing it now with the English patch I think is great because uh, the st- the translation's really well done. And it's one of the better Tales games, I think, because it- the cast is really likable. Um, and it's sort of a fusion of, if anyone's played them, the Tales of Destiny remake, which had a lot of like air combat. And then um, Tales of the Abyss' free-run system in 3D. and It has uh, multiplayer, which is also great. I've been playing it with my roommate and it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Cool, cool. Anybody have any questions about tails? Mm, is it
4: really. is it tailsy? It is very <laughs> tailsy.
0: It's how if many, you how many tail games how many tails games do we have these days? It feels like there's sure, one maybe. every other
3: day. There are a lot of them. Okay, uh, I got a question. Is there any character like Yuri or similar?
1: Um, not really. Oh, what a shame. Personality wise, you mean? Yeah. No, not really. Yuri is, I I liked Yuri a lot. His personality was very cool, and yeah, they're one, one of the best characters ever.
0: So now, does uh, is that all you've been playing, Stephen? Or you got anything else you want to tell us? Uh, you know, it sounded like a short uh, short segment for you. I don't want to cut you off.
1: That's okay. Um, actually, um, Dennis had mentioned he'd been playing the Department Heaven games. I've also been playing uh, Hex's Force, which I think is by them.
3: Uh, yeah, it's by Sting, but it's not part of that series. It's kind oh, of okay. same company, but not the.
1: But um, yeah. So Hex's Force is very cool. Um, it's kind of old school, you know, turn-based RPG, but it has that um, twist that I, I think I can't remember when I played Riviera. But all your items are basically your skills. You don't learn abilities. Um, your different items that you equip, uh, they're called Ragnifax and like spirit artifacts, spiritifacts. And uh, it keeps you moving a lot. You use a lot of different abilities, and I think that keeps it really fresh. And so far, the characters in the story seem really cool. I'm playing as uh, Leon, the guy.
2: Excellent. Yeah. I, I played through that too. I beat Leon's story, or Levant, either way. Everybody shortens it to Leon. I guess it's Levant von Schweitz.
1: Actually. Yeah. I was going to ask you, because I remember you had said you were playing it, why do they call him Leon? Because I don't remember them explaining to me where that nickname came from. I think it's because
2: Levant starts with L-E,
1: and then Von is
2: V-O-N, so they just combine those two and make it Leon. Okay.
3: Because, I mean, Leon sounds that, cool. okay kind of like how they call Phoenix Nick.
2: Yes. I, well, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. I played through that, too, um, and I really enjoyed it, but... My only gripe was kind of that, like, the sub characters didn't really have a lot of backstory for how they got their Ragnifax because it was like, especially Irene, it was like,
1: How did you get this magic sword? And she's like, Well, I just followed this light
2: and then I found it at the end.
1: Yeah, it's it's such an important part of the story, you know. These characters have to gather their um Ragnifax and we need them and they're important, and Levant getting his was a big deal. But everybody else already had theirs.
2: Exactly. I I thought they were going to expand on it more, especially because they do kind of fill in a little bit of backstory as you go. But I was just like, okay, that's it. All right. Good stuff,
0: Oh, Definitely, definitely. Well, now, uh, Stephen, are you all done? Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, I guess I will bring it on home. And uh, in the interest of making sure we don't go too long, we'll we'll probably have to shorten our discussion on difficulty. But – Final thoughts on Mass Effect 2, which uh, I had the opportunity to finish uh, last weekend, and my review should be going up here in the next day or so. Um, I think I cooled a little bit on the game. I still very much enjoyed it, and uh, I'm comfortable saying I gave the game a 90 overall overall. Definitely a very good game, much improved from a gameplay perspective. Uh, the game plays very well, and it's throwing new and interesting things at you and making sure that you're constantly interested. But I do think the narrative suffers a little bit because it is going for a very similar second act in a three-act play sort of thing, similar to uh, The Matrix Reloaded or uh, the second Pirates movie. And you're spending so much time doing the loyalty missions for your crew, rather than doing the main narrative mission that it kind of feels like it's all set up for the third game. And so the the second game doesn't have a very strong overall narrative. I think the individual stories for the characters are very very good and and full of full of good narrative, but it's it's very feels very much uh like little tiny narrative slices. And then you're going to have the third game which is hopefully going to be the culmination of all your choices in the first game and everything that you could have decided on. But I I would have rather they went for more of a dark Knight approach where I feel like the dark Knight sets up for the third Batman movie, but it's its own self-contained story. Mass effect two is very much, uh, to be continued. Like we're going to cut this game off. And I I think Zach, you haven't finished it yet. So I don't want to, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's, It really is like a giant to-be-continued, which I I felt kind of took away from the game. Now, did anybody else have a chance to finish Mass Effect 2? Am I the only one who feels
3: that way?
1: Um, I actually did finish it. Oh, I'm sorry. You can go ahead, Dennis.
3: No, not much. I was just going to contribute to the whole episodic or trilogy thing, basically. It's like, you know, I didn't play the game, but I've been playing, you know, seems to be more RPGs, you know, that's just in trilogies or episodes lately, at least from my perspective. And it just seems like a lot of it just seems to have, I have, My only big complaints is just it doesn't seem to be well standalone. It just sets up for the next one, especially the first episodes. Or just feels like it just only introduces, but doesn't really keep it that interesting or entertaining enough. It just says, like, yeah, all the good stuff comes in the next episode, things like that. If you kind of know what I mean, it's sort of ramble there. No, no, no. It makes sense. Now, Steve, what were you trying to say?
1: Um, Actually, I. I have to disagree a little bit, because in 2, I felt like you def- it did have its own self-contained story, what with the Collectors and all that, because um, you knew there was that overarching thing with the Reapers going on, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't beaten anything, but I feel like they said, okay, this thing in the background is still going on, what you're doing is related to the Reapers, but we have to we have to solve this issue with the Collectors now. And I felt like the final mission in the game was, from a narrative standpoint, and for me personally, from a gameplay standpoint, incredibly satisfying... Um, I felt like it wrapped it up awesomely. I think the final mission is what I wanted the rest of the game to be. And I,
0: I really was into the final mission, and you're making huge decisions that can really impact your crew. Again, I'm being careful to keep Zach in the dark right now. So it, it definitely, it's good from that perspective. But the if you think about it, the actual narrative of Mass Effect, the overall story only takes place over a course of like four or five missions that are each like an hour long. So there really isn't that much narrative there. The source of all the game game story is coming from these loyalty missions, which are fine but they do feel they, they feel like they have less of an impact. Like, I'm learning about these characters, which is cool, but the overall story is very, very simple, and it it's definitely feeling like a setup for the third game. Now, again, I'm coming from a perspective of not finishing the first game, so I, I had to go online and read up about all the choices you could make and the impact that they have on the second game. But it didn't feel like there was any like grand, sweeping thing that was going to happen. Um, I, I used uh, the argument on the boards the other day that I want to see the type of choice in a video game that affects in the same game that I'm playing. And I felt like Dragon Age does that to an extent where your your choices have an impact, particularly on the final battle. But Mass Effect 2, it kind of feels like everything is being saved. Everything's being stored up. And Bioware, you know, I'm worried that they may crumble under the fact that there are so many choices going into the third game that there might be too much or they might not give everything its own due. Like we're all scared to death that they're going to have like a giant text screen at the end of the game, like the end of dragon age to explain the choices that you made. So I, I think that mass effect two is still a great game and I really liked it, but I do kind of feel like the narrative wasn't as good as what I had been expecting. I felt like the loyalty missions were good. It was good to learn about your characters, but the actual story there was very,
1: very thin and very, very short and really didn't help that much. I actually would agree with that. I think, I think it definitely did focus on the loyalty missions, which were good, but I will agree. Um, I think it did have its own self-contained story, but it was fairly sparse. Um, it was basically, okay, here's the collectors. Okay, go get the collectors. Yeah. Go kill them. And or, or do you, you, you understood why, but I really do agree. Um, and See, on the other hand, I enjoyed this, that a lot of the decisions you're making, it's like, okay, well, here's your decision. All right, wait for Mass Effect 3 and see what happens. Like, you know, did you cheat on your lover from the first game? Did you do this in one of the loyalty missions? Did you do that in another one? And, you know, they say this will have big effects later on. And you know full well that it means Mass Effect 3 and not something later on in that game. Right, but now we have to
0: hope that it happens in Mass Effect 3 because, you know, we all walked out of Matrix Reloaded going, okay, that was kind of interesting. Let's see if it resolves into something in the third movie, and it turned into a giant Dragon Ball Z fight at the end.
1: Which was the only good part of the movie.
0: Well, yeah, I like my Dragon Ball Z, but it's just the narrative didn't make any sense. <laughs> Not at all. So, so like, I, I do – I'm a little worried. I'm definitely looking forward to Mass Effect 3. You know, I have cautious optimism, but – for the amount of emphasis that Bioware puts on choice, I feel like we didn't really see any of the ramifications of the choices for Mass Effect 1, and we haven't seen any of them for Mass Effect 2. So Mass Effect 3 has the potential to, like, blow my socks off with that. But I am a little, you know... But that's enough about Mass Effect. We've talked about that way too much over the past two weeks. So, uh, the only other game that I was really playing was uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. Woo, for my and i
3: want to say something so how are you liking the ds I, I, am actually, I, I am actually
0: i am yeah. very much loving my ds I, I appreciate you uh pushing me to buy it dennis i'm very much appreciating that
3: yeah i win and yeah, but, one other thing earlier today during this whole dragon quest event i my friend was hanging out with me and i got her to get a ds it's like yeah do it already. Do it, do it, do it.
0: You're like the crack dealer of DSs. Hey, come yes. on, kid. First, hit's free.
2: Like, and oh. I mean, he's, I mean, our, he's our secret Nintendo PR spy.
3: God. Yeah. And I managed to score a multiplayer partner because I made my friend get Dragon Quest Nine along with the DS XL. So, oh. yeah. You yeah, need to convince people to do that, too. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I got an XL, and I'm definitely liking it. And so I picked up uh, Order of Ecclesia, and... I'm so conflicted on the difficulty because like I love the fact that the castle the the environments you know oh god I feel like I just gave a spoiler but uh yeah eventually you go to Dracula's castle it is a Castlevania game at this point if you don't realize that that happens well, like, Dracula's
3: the last boss
0: yeah oh my god like it's not shaft <laughs> it's not shaft unfortunately
1: Sigmas the final box of Mega Man X Start. no dun, dun, dun. uh
0: but like I'm really conflicted because I love the fact that the regular enemies are so dangerous and they can kill you very easily. So you have to like, it's not like Alucard running through Symphony of the Night, and you could basically get hit by the toughest enemy for one damage, and you have like a thousand hit points. <laughs> so I like that, but then the bosses are so frustrating because each boss will kill you in like four or five hits, and the first time you fight him, it's you learning the pattern. So you're basically going to die on every boss at least once. And that, to me, is just lazy. You should never have to die to figure out how to beat an enemy. Like, for as hard as Demon Souls was, I never had to die on a boss. Like, That's I could like back going... up. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, it's going back to, like, NES game design, though. Like, that, that lighthouse crab, he just he gets you.
0: But oh, all that kind God. of stuff was trial and error. But I guess that, that has a certain appeal to it as well. It Um, has it has an appeal, but it also it proves so frustrating because it's like now you have to play a perfect game. Because, like, if you do anything wrong, you're already, like, you have the potential to get yourself killed very easily because the enemies are so large that Shanoa could get, like, knocked into them and then just lose all of her health before you can even get away. But then also, like, if if the boss has multiple stages, you go and you fight the boss, and the first stage you die the first time. And it's like, okay, well, now I know the pattern. You maybe die two or three more times, and then you got the pattern down solid, and you beat that stage. Then, like, that frickin' Shadow Boss in Dracula's (laughs) Castle... Agreed. Oh, my God. That is the
3: worst boss I, ever. He's the hardest boss in the game. Agreed. I,
0: I almost snapped my DS, like, in half. I was just like... Because then you have to fight him the second time. You have to fight the second stage of the boss with brand new attacks, and he's just going to kill you again. So it took me, like, 20 times to beat this guy, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, you know difficulty is so hard to get right in video games. And I know developers must struggle with it over and over again, but like you should never have to die. Games like Demon's Souls have completely spoiled me with death because death opens up new gameplay opportunities in Demon's Souls. So like you die, oh, now you get to go do new things that you couldn't do when you were alive. That's awesome. So this old school game design of just like smashing your head against the wall to beat the boss it's so unappealing to me. Like, when I was 12, when I was 13, I was all about that. Like, oh, man, i got to beat Quick Man. Quick Man was, like, the hardest enemy ever in a video game. I had to beat okay, him. And Quick Nick Man, man to stage. Uh, yeah, those damn lasers. Yeah, no, that's true. But, like, lasers. Yeah, but, like, it, it holds no appeal for me anymore to, like, wear it like a medal that I beat this enemy. You know, like, I, that doesn't appeal to me. I'm, I'm 25 now. I play games because i enjoy them and because i find it hopefully relaxing so order of ecclesia like i I was so happy that the regular game was difficult because it felt very like tough but fair but then the bosses just completely screwed that game up so i wanted to ask you guys like real quick because we got to get to our dragon age 2 discussion but just some thoughts on difficulty in game what do you guys think
1: actually i am i was going to say i'm around the same age as you and At this point, I play to relax as well, but my thing is I can't really – I find that I can't enjoy myself as much if the game is too easy. like That's why I couldn't even stomach – it's not an RPG, but that Prince of Persia game from two years ago, I was like, this game is ridiculous. It's absolutely impossible to fail, Um, and that's usually why I play on the hardest difficulty, just because I I love to be challenged, and I think I loved that in Ecclesia. Um, I love that I felt like I really had to struggle to win at every opportunity. Um, But did it feel fair? that's my issue.
0: Does it there's a difference between difficult and fair. And like for example, Ninja Gaiden not fair. Ninja Gaiden is never fair. It's not fair to be hit from enemies off-screen. And that happens in Ecclesia sometimes like that Frankenstein boss. He would get me he would he would charge up an attack off-screen and then as soon as I saw him he just bat hits me for 200 damage. You
1: know, that, I, I think that in itself is irritating being hit off the screen, but Excuse me. Um, I I felt like it was fair. And I again, Demon's Souls is a great example because I love that game. And I think the difficulty in that game is absolutely perfect. And I think in Ecclesia, I got a very similar vibe, which is the you got hit. You died because you got hit here. Um, But I, I, I suppose I can understand what you mean when you say, you know, you have to die to win. You have to get hit by the move before you can figure out how to not get hit by it but i feel like that was intentional on their part i feel like they were trying to go back to that old school style of castlevania but still have that symphony of the nightish rpg progression and for me i actually really enjoyed it and yeah. i have i will admit the shadow boss i uh, i kind of cheated because i just used a ton of potions <laughs> Well
0: let's it's get somebody else let let's get more people in here. What do you guys think? Am I am I being, you know, the the am I no longer hardcore because I don't love hard games? Well,
2: um I have a little thing about difficulty that I wanted to mention. So mine's more like a personal O C D kind of thing. So I'm the type of guy that when I play an RPG I gotta like I gotta get every chest, I gotta talk to every NPC, I gotta get it all, every side quest. I don't really care about achievements so much, but like I got to do it all, so, um, so
3: you gotta, I agree. Kind of fall in the middle, like you. want to try to complete everything, but that absolutely depends on the achievements and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. So for me, it's like it's like an artificial difficulty uh, spike because particularly I got the Mega Man Zero collection for DS, and they rate you on your performance at the end of every mission, and it it it's cumulative. So it's like I have to be perfect. If I get an A on mission one, I got to keep that A. And so for me, that's, like, an artificial difficulty raiser because I just I can't deal with lowering my,
1: my uh, score. Oh, Mostly my God. Like I agree completely. That I I was playing them recently as well, and if I don't get a perfect ranking, I have to redo the mission because I've utterly failed.
2: I know. It's like I beat the boss, but uh, I didn't get an A, so do over.
0: Yeah, I just think difficulty is one of those things that, like, when I'm playing a game and have, like, the rapid difficulty spikes or something, like, it just... It makes me want to snap something, and we all want to play, you know, very, very well. We all want to really enjoy ourselves, but it's like you want to have a sense of yeah, I beat the game and everything's good, but just sometimes it can get really, really
1: frustrating. That's my
0: Age. (laughs) Do we have anything else to
3: talk about when it comes to uh, difficulty in games?
1: Yes. Play Demon's Souls. It's amazing.
3: Well, mind if I take my chair on it, because... Yeah, I got some stuff to say. Definitely go for it, go for it dude. Okay, first, with the, when it comes to Order of Ecclesia, I kind of agree, yet disagree. Be, like, yeah, the bosses are cheap and tough, but they didn't annoy me. There was only two cases. One of them happens to be the Shadow Boss. Agreed. That was just a nightmare. And whereas most of the other bosses, like, yeah, they were tough, but I felt a little satisfied from beating them, and they, they never annoyed me to a extent. And with the, the enemy crab in the lighthouse... I actually, just couldn't figure out how to finish him off for a while. It's like, yeah, what to do, what to do. He's not dying. It's like, then, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah see,
0: that's the worst thing when I'm playing a game is like when there's some little trick to beating the boss and I don't know the trick. That's when I get like just. Argh. And there were moments like that in Demon Souls. You know, don't get me wrong. I I think Demon Souls actually starts out ridiculously hard. But then it kind of calms down and it starts playing fair. But I do think, like, the first, like, two areas and the first two boss fights are really, like, just brutal. And then the game starts playing fair, if that makes sense.
1: So. Yeah,
3: See, I kind of know what you mean. Sorry, go
1: I, I kind of have to – I thought that was just because as you played, you figured out how the game wanted you to play it. Yeah,
0: that could definitely be. But, like <laughs> – if you try to beat like the uh, Tower Knight or not the Tower Knight, the uh, the Penetrator, if you try to play the Penetrator, uh, <laughs> by yourself, everybody stop. If, if you try to fight the Penetrator by yourself, it's like almost impossible. It's so hard if you're playing a melee character. But if you either get um, Bjor to help you or if you get another player or two, you can totally just destroy him.
3: So. okay, so moving on basically the the thing with difficulty is it just seems to be broad on what makes it difficult it just seems like difficult is for the wrong reasons most of the time for various reasons, for example, in my case is the one I'm just recalling about this topic like there was times when some games where it was quite easy for a while or was far uh, fairly moderate difficulty then it has a sharp difficulty curve. Not and just like a complete slow, not just the slope, but just vertically sharp. Yep. yep one yep. case was with Star Ocean 3. That's like I was doing fine in the game for a while. It was a little bit easy, but was enjoying it. Thought I got the gist of the game, you know. Some of the boss fights were a little epic. Maybe one or two was a little tough, but was getting into it. Then suddenly the enemies just got insanely hard, and then that's when it just feels like it got to be a mess for me. It's like, mm-hmm. where did this difficulty spike come from? It just came out of nowhere, and I just underprepared for it. And yeah, I couldn't dude. finish the game because of it, because it got to the point where even random encounters were life-and-death situations, and it just kind of killed it for me, even though I was like three dungeons in hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. It blindsided me, just like the uh,
2: the story 180, but that's another discussion entirely. We'll yeah. get there. We'll get there, I, I
3: promise. Uh, for the record i, 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 actually, I, I gotta kill this okay.
0: conversation guys
3: <laughs> like for the record i'm actually okay with the twist but that's in the again that's another topic then there was cases like wild Arms state three where it was just an absolute joke like for like the first three acts of the game or and then it just suddenly got a little hard a lot harder but for the wrong reasons is that like is steven remind me actually off uh off topic Uh, not off topic basically just before the podcast the enemies just simply took longer to fight they they shot more damage everything just felt a a lot more dragged on it was tedious it was just annoying it's like yeah let's let's make the battles a lot longer just for difficulty purposes and that was quite annoying
0: yep definitely i mean I definitely think that uh, difficulty in games—it's it's really hard, and I think it's something we should maybe talk about again uh, down the road when we got more time. Because right uh, now we—I guess one
3: more quick thing. You know.
0: Dennis! <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. gonna get yelled at for the time.
3: You will right, not be right, silenced. Right. Okay, I'll just—we'll just do a subtopic next time.
0: Okay, okay. I'm sorry, Dennis. This is—we're already running late, and you know, we got we got one major news story to talk about uh, this week. Uh, let's give us ten minutes to talk about it. So, Zach, introduce.
4: All right, news for the week: Dragon Age Two coming March 2011. Woohoo! Yay! Um, so uh, basically, <laughs> I'll, I'll go over uh, what we what we know for sure right now. Uh, And then there's there's a couple of rumors that have been popping up about the uh, the upcoming Game Informer article that they have like this you know ten page exclusive on the story. But basically, um, you know the sequel to obviously uh, it's actually RPG's fan RPG fans uh, RPG of the year for 2009. Um, It's the the three big changes that they're they're advertising are a new visual style and you know improved graphics. Uh, a more quote-unquote dynamic and responsive combat system, which I'll kind of get to the rumors, and uh, the this new protagonist. So unlike Dragon Age Hudson, Origins, Hudson Hawk, right? It's Hudson uh, Hawk. Well, Hawk, Hawk is the last name. Uh, but basically, oh, un, unlike um, Dragon Age Origins, where you you know like the for the first one where you had your origin stories, you know, thus origins, um, you 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 got the the option to to Pick you know what, what what race you were what class um, the the you had I think there were six origin stories that you could choose from in this one there is um there's one protagonist uh, kind of like Shepard in Mass Effect uh in Dragon Age two it's Hawk H A W K E you know the E is for awesome but uh you he's so they can refer to him like Shepard yeah basically so it's you know Hawk Sten Hawk. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> the if, if anyone knows the Shepherd Rex. Uh, but yeah, so it, the the game is going to follow a a ten year story arc uh, that that follows Hawk uh, as he goes from penniless refugee of the the blight, and it's I, I'm pretty sure it's the fifth blight, which is the one that was covered in, in Dragon Age Origins, uh, to the quote unquote single most important character in the world of Dragon Age. Um, and I think the the interesting things that they that have been brought up about this story is that unlike uh, Mass Effect 2, where you know it's where you go around just collecting allies, and unlike a lot of BioWare's uh, other games where you go to you know three different areas and resolve problems in those three areas and then tackle a final area. It seems they, they're taking on a, an interesting narrative structure. And so uh, basically it's not about killing, you know, an ancient evil or, you know, killing another archdemon or whatever. Um, but it, the the story focuses on Hawk. Um, you know, as I said, it's a 10-year timeline. And the the course of the narrative, and I don't know what to, to what degree it is determined, but to some degree the course of the narrative is determined – by the choices you make, who you talk to, who you keep in your party, uh like what what you do. Um and it really the the goal of, you know, like this story is to figure out who um who is who this character is. Like who is he in the world and how did he get there? Um, which yeah. I don't know if what you guys think about how that sounds, but I think it's uh it seems at least a a little bit more uh, unorthodox, and I'm really well. It,
0: it's really hard, and i you know I, i've been I've been holding myself back this episode, but I, I guess here's where I'm gonna start getting you know robbed you know I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna tear it up'm oh yeah, I, I think that um. We can't really glean that much from the fact that most uh, almost all we have is a brief press release from bioware saying that you know we're going to have this new dynamic battle system and we have this new character that's totally interesting and then we're all waiting for the game informer article there's tons of rumors out there right now people are talking about the possibility of dialogue wheel like mass effect being put in the game the uh the idea that hawk is going to be totally voiced whether you play him male or female uh, one of the rumors that came out, uh, and Zach uh, talked, about, talked about potential rumors, was that the PC combat is apparently mostly the same compared to the PC version of Dragon Age Origins. It's the console versions that are going to get completely reworked. Again, all of this is rumor and speculation right now.
4: There's actually, so if you minutes. if you check on, on Game Informer right now, they have uh, a five facts about Hawk um, thing. So... It is confirmed. Which is he's going to be voiced. He is going to be voiced, and he, the narrative structure is kind of a little less standard. Um, and he's mm-hmm. a human. So, uh, But, yeah, the the combat stuff is still rumor until the Game Inform article comes out in full. Uh, right.
0: And, and we're all sitting here with bated breath for that. We want to find out as much information as we can. Now, (laughs) Well, to me, what what it sounds like they're doing is they're saying, look, it is kind of awkward to play Dragon Age and have your character where you're directing the dialogue, but nobody's reacting to you outside of these dialogue choices that you make. Your character doesn't make so much as a peep. Mostly the story is being told by the characters around you. It sounds like now they're going to do more of a Mass Effect type game where your main character is there. And you're determining the dialogue for your main character, and it's fully voiced and that sort of thing. I would say with the idea that Hawk is going to be completely voiced, it doesn't make sense for your dialogue option to be exactly what he's going to say. So you are going to be directing your character along dialogue choices similar to Alpha Protocol or Mass Effect. You, know, you say that you want to make a passive response. You want to make an aggressive response. That's my speculation. I'm okay with this decision. Uh, of having a voiced character, because I do think that Mass Effect tells... A, even though I don't like the story as much as Dragon Age, I think the way it's told and the direction that it's told is much, much better than Dragon Age. Dragon Age feel, feels a little last generation when it tries to tell its story, even though I think the story's great. Now, what I'm worried about is that I love the fact that Dragon Age, the choices that you were making always felt gray. That you, you had choices that had tinges of of virtue or evil but overall the game felt very gray I don't want to see anything like a Paragon or Renegade system in Dragon Age 2. That's my only serious fear. I'm okay with everything that they're doing right now, the idea of enhancing storytelling. I don't want a Paragon or Renegade system anywhere near that game. I think that's actually the worst thing about Mass Effect. It feels so binary and so silly to always be looking for either the top-right response or bottom-right response or blue response or red response. Like... Mm. It's such a binary thing that I don't want to see that with Hawk. I now, want Hawk
4: to be it, go ahead go ahead so if if now if they do this conversation wheel and I'm it, you know judging by the rumors that you know it's obviously still rumor right now, but assuming they do this this wheel and uh the the details that you know people have uh, started leaking are that you know like in addition to just you know the the one word. Um, summary of your dialogue option there's also going to be a symbol to you know like say that your response is you know aggressive or sarcastic. I'm hoping that if this is what happens they'll kind of take the the alpha protocol approach where it's not you know like clearly good you know like it's not good bad or indifferent it's you know in alpha protocol it's professional uh, suave or aggressive and so if they expand that you know like say six options you know, so you have aggressive, sarcastic, uh, nice, friendly, uh, silly, really, whatever. That's what I want. If, you know, if they maintain that um, the the options that you had with Dragon Age Origins uh, dialogue, just put it in a wheel and have it voiced, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. I know people yeah. are going to have, you know, slightly, you know, some people are getting upset that origin stories are gone and, you know, bummer, but... Uh, it is what it is right now.
0: Yeah, as long as your choices still matter and you're still crafting the world, I'm okay with that. I want to be the reason I can play Dragon Age over and over again. And again, uh, I wrote the PC review for Dragon Age. I also gave that a 90. I think it's a great game, but it does have flaws. Even though Dragon Age is a flawed game, it's still one of the most replayable games because there's so many different choices that you can make over the course of the game. And you see them all played out in that narrative. So... As long as Dragon Age two maintains that i'm I'm on board I'm all happy I also like the the even though we've only seen um artwork the artwork is already striking to me in a very positive way I thought that dragon age one of the worst things about Dragon Age was the way it looked i I didn't like the world it it looked very like World of Warcraft but still kind of like tim burton world of warcraft it it just looked a little i didn't like it. The, the first artwork that we've seen out of Dragon Age Two, it kind of has like an ethereal, watercolor, almost a, a little twinge of Amano of Yoshitaka Amano is in there, and I like that. I think that Dragon Age would do well to have an art style that's maybe a little bit more differentiating itself from the norm. So now
4: I don't the, know how you the, guys
0: feel about that, but
4: the the rumor there, just you know, to inform everyone, is that um, that. Cutscenes, not not all cutscenes, but like certain cutscenes will be uh animated, like cell shaded, sort of animated. Um and then the the rest of the game is going to sport a you know more bolstered uh graphical style similar to the first. So I mean that's that's a lot now, more speculative than, you know, dialogue wheels or anything. But like. now is that is that coming from the
0: fact that they are making a Dragon Age anime? If I remember correctly, something like that was announced at E3. Uh, mm. Somebody proved me, somebody, you know, cut this out if this is, doesn't turn out true. But I thought there was talk about a Dragon Age cartoon at E3. And okay. so maybe that's signals getting crossed. I'm almost sure on that. Please check me on yeah, that. All right, Zach, I'll, I'll, put, I'll. Cut, cut this out if it's BS. But I'm almost sure that there was talk about a Dragon Age anime at some point during E3. And that's the other thing. I'm, I'm shocked that they're announcing this game a month after E3. Like, wasn't that the time
1: to announce it? Maybe they wanted to have more attention? I don't know.
4: Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, remember Stand that they, they kind of had that big old Republic. Like, EA had the, the huge old Republic yeah. trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they really they wanted to push that. And imagine if, you know, Dragon Age 2 was announced then. You know, older public considering, you know, depending on your opinion on, on how it showed at E3, I thought it was kind of a little bit of a letdown as far as just, you know, the the MMO side really showing its teeth, um, you know. If Dragon Age two was announced as well, I would, you know, have completely just glossed over the Old Republic at E three.
0: Yeah, well, you still have to play Dragon Age, though. True,
4: true. So. I mean, I, I've I've enjoyed what I've played so far, and you know, but uh, and then I guess the the last thing to to talk about in regards to Dragon Age is the combat, and you know, so the what we have as fact, you know, quote unquote, right now is the is refined and responsive and dynamic. Um
0: and that all sounds good to me.
4: That like it sounds my- good. <laughs> but I'm worried that they're going to go like Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 and take out, you know, like the RPG, not all of it, but like mm. I and especially if if the rumors are true that they're going to, you know, like maintain the PC side of the combat while they re- revamp the the console side, I I I'm interested to see, you know, like Dragon Age 2 the action role-playing game, but the, you know,
0: I I don't think the PC side's going to change. I think the PC game is going to remain very much what it is. What I my biggest problems with Dragon Age were the combat. I thought it was very unresponsive. I didn't think the tactics menus worked very well, and I was oftentimes very frustrated with the balance. I mean, this gets back to difficulty again. I was very, very frustrated with the balance in Dragon Age, like battles that were just absurdly difficult. Uh, the fact that the mages were completely overpowered in that game, like they, they could just obliterate a whole room, and meanwhile the warriors and rogues really weren't any match for them. So yeah. – I want to see Dragon Age just, you know, refine that combat cuz I think the shell of it's very good, but it needs a lot of refinement. But when they talk about more responsive things, I mean they might make the console games play more like action games, which I think is kind of silly considering that you can plug a mouse and keyboard into the PlayStation 3 and you could just play Dragon Age the way it's meant to be played with a goddamn hotbar for, you know. So oh, I was unaware. Yeah, you can you can play mouse and keyboard on PS3. Just, it's you know, cool. it's does the game
3: keyboards on the consoles i didn't know about the mouse
0: yeah you can use both now dragon age origins doesn't let you use that but i'm sitting here going why not like why can't i do that with dragon age why can't i use mouse and keyboard so i've everything i hear about dragon age is right now pure speculation i like what i'm hearing i'm very very excited to see a dragon age 2 but we have all just got to back up. The first trailer comes out August 17th. Yep. And we all, and we all know that's just going to be a CG trailer. So that's not going to show anything. It's yeah, so, at
4: Gamescom the, on the same day as the E3 press conference at Gamescom.
0: Yeah. I I would be shocked if it was more than the CG trailer. Like if we actually saw gameplay. I think we're only going to see CG. It's going to look great. We're all going to get excited. But Dragon Age 2, long way off. we got to end the show, guys. So last words on Dragon Age 2. Go.
4: Yay. Intriguing,
0: <laughs> very intriguing, very intriguing. Derek, not a whole lot of
2: opinion. I've barely even played the first one, so it, I mean, the refinements sound great, and uh, I actually think that having like a more structured narrative and a defined hero sounds like something that I'd be more interested in. So it kind of makes you want to play through the first one.
0: All right, and uh, I'm guessing Dennis is probably playing Dragon Quest Nine, so we're gonna yeah, leave I, him. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty
3: much in the same boat as Derek, in what he Back said. Up
0: yeah i would definitely say to the listeners uh dragon age is is a fantastic game you know it it does have some issues but overall great game definitely worth uh playing it i'm playing through the awakening expansion right now and i'm playing that for review so i'll have that to talk about next week now unless anybody has anything else to say i think we need to get out of here as quickly Uh, as possible
1: um all i have to say is i think dragon age is a great throwback to Baldur's gate and if you liked Baldur's gate dragon age has quite a bit going for it
0: definitely definitely agree definitely agree so for the whole crew, I think we're going to uh, wrap this show up. Uh, I'm going to give Steven the opportunity to do something silly to take us out.
1: You can't put me on the spot like that.
0: Too late. I already did, but I, I, uh, I
2: can do a can strong, bad impression.
0: No, no, no. That's... Do the do the song. Do the song. Come on. No, no. Come on. No, not do it. I won't do, do it. it.
1: Won't do it. Do I it. want to hear the strong, do bad it. It. impression. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do <laughs> it. Which is it? quick i need to go to youtube and look up the song no 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 do the song do the I song can't, i can't do it i'm sorry uh, i'm on the spot maybe next uh, week uh, uh. all right derek take us out all right guys thanks for
2: listening
0: to the rpg fan podcast and thanks for being a pretty cool guy for the last time
4: it's called random encounter i hate all of you